Brotaku, Men of Culture, Games Weekly, Episode 7, recorded December 9th, 2019. It's about 3.40 in the afternoon. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, joined as always by my co-host, Jordan. Hello again. Jordan, we've got a big old meaty one today yeah. for you. Uh, I don't think we should talk about anything else going on. We should go straight into games. I'm going to tease a little bit, though. Like I said, we got a huge news week. 11 news items. We're going to be talking a little... Persona 5, maybe a little Demon Souls, a little Riot Games being sexist, but <laughs> before then, we'll start as always with what have you been playing, Jordan? You can go first. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the same old, same old. Uh, got a lot more Ice Iceborne, just released a new update recently. Okay, I um, did not get around to Monster Hunter. I, yes. I almost feel like since I was a little, I was still recovering last week, I'm much better now. It's like I need to listen to that. I need to listen to that episode again. Take some notes on what yeah. you told me. And I was just, I was just talking with my my fellow hunters as well, the people that I go with, and uh, and we were bouncing back and forth with the information I gave them and stuff like that. Uh, but they released I think last week, so it's not recent news. But uh, they released one two new monsters. Okay. Uh, and a free update. Feel free to add some of this stuff to the Word doc, you know, my friend. If you want to talk about it, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, it's not too big. Not yet, anyways. Uh, they released one new monster with more to come. They released, like, new Laird armor, which is uh, transmogrification in World of Warcraft. That's, you have an armor, and you're trying to go for the best, like, stats and stuff like that, but you end up looking like, you know, dookie. So... You make it look like something else, and that's that's what layered armor is. It's just like the you take the appearance of something else. Okay. So they released a lot more of that, and they said they plan on releasing even more, which a lot of people are excited about. World of Warcraft just has it figured out, and I know it took them a while to get there too, but just if you have a piece of gear that you can use, it goes into some digital bank, and you can just switch, like, let me wear it. Yeah. With any uh, other stats. By the way, I think... Uh, Shout out to Star Wars: The Old Republic for having the best transmog system I've ever seen in a in a role playing game. And how does it work? I'm not. I haven't been far enough to really play with it. It's so. you own the armor, you can wear it, and you can have different ones, uh, different uh, costumes available, okay. and you can switch to them anytime. Now that I knew, they just quick back and forth. I yeah, knew that. so it doesn't matter uh, as long as you can wear the armor. Okay. So if That's you're using though. a heavy armor, you can also use medium and and small. And they also have something called adaptive armor, which allows you to wear. It's it's for everyone. Right, because they don't have the. What is it even? Is it expertise in World of Warcraft that is why you have to wear your type of armor? Yeah, it's like oh no, it's mastery. I mastery, believe. yep. Yes, right. mastery. Right. If you have all parts of an armor set, like if you're wearing all plate, you get like a bonus five percent. as a stat that's important to you and somehow they've managed like i guess good on blizzard because it was their intention but somehow they've managed to keep that bonus worth it yeah yeah you never see yourself going back and and that's especially good for things like uh the druid class and stuff like that that would usually for casting they would usually just wear whatever cloth and which would like really just they would just be like another spellcaster they would be a mage that shot green you know firebolts instead (laughs) you know uh but besides that, uh, in Iceborne, they released one secret monster. Like, this is like the end. This is like the final, final monster. Like, this is the one we've been leading up to mm-hmm. since the before the expansion. Oh, even before out. Iceborne. Okay, yes. cool. So, uh, <coughs> it was the final boss of the 
it was it was the final boss of the original game, but we fought it as an adolescent. And the reason for that being they were like, hey, this thing's really powerful, and if it grows up, it's going to be a problem. And like Goku, you let it go Exactly. And grow up. So, so we took care of that one, but then they were like, oh, we missed one. This one's an adult now, so now... <laughs> so, I want to fight him at full power. Exactly. Now everyone's like, all right, everyone get on board. We got to go take this thing out. Like, Gohan, everyone. what do you mean you let Cell become full power? You're you're a disgrace. I wanted a challenge. Yes, so that's that's what we've been doing in Iceborne. We've been having a lot of fun, too. They did a lot of... um. Uh, quality of life updates with the zone with the end game farming and stuff like that they're constantly working on that i'll give them props like the 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 monster hunter team is just really good at keeping things relevant well and that i mean part of that's probably dauntless's success too like they actually have competition in the genre like competition's just good for everything it is you it's kind of like uh i mean you still wouldn't hear from diablo if path of exile wasn't a thing like they they felt it down their breaths they're like oh it's just a free-to-play game whatever Oh no! Like when you when it becomes better, you're like, oh, we we gotta release something. And, and they better, Diablo Immortal. And they better <laughs> uh, and they better be careful with Diablo Four because they're probably gonna be charging sixty dollars for that. And oh, Path of Exile Two is still gonna be free ninety nine. They're gonna be under the microscope for a long time. Like they cannot trip up at any part of this. Um, playing some Pokemon. Yeah, so I'm still working through it too. I think I just finished. I think I finished the fifth badge. I just got into the town where you have to like sneak in the backside with yeah. your other rival. There's so many rivals in this game, and Hop, Hop is the worst. Yeah, Hop I is the worst. Hate Hop. Yeah, Hop, like he's all like, you're fighting him, and every time you use a type advantage against him, he's like, oh my god, how did you figure that out? Well, maybe that's what get, maybe that's what happens when you take the water Pokemon when I took the grass Pokemon. <laughs> which, he didn't know. Which let's talk. I was very. I don't know if I talked about this last week. I don't even know if I was that far, but like. Throggy, throggy, whatever the second Throggy. form, yeah. sucks. But what a <laughs> hunk of a mon he becomes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Seth liked the second one, Thwacky. Yeah, he tried calling me out on that, and I, I, I didn't, even, <laughs> didn't even respond. I was like, I, who are you? It, it, he looks a little weird, like, body-wise. He looks like a Cartoon Network character. At least I didn't take that water starter. I don't know what the fire one was, because I, I went in completely blind this time. I really didn't yeah. look much up, but I was like, that water one sucks, too. <laughs> The uh yeah the second one's awful, <coughs> but I believe people the third evolution of the water one uh is growing on people. Is it? Yeah, it is. People are they're like I didn't like it, but it, I'm starting to like him. Especially okay. he's got like this like spy motif. I don't know if I'm ever gonna he's like got him. Finger with, guns. Yeah, I did like that. It made <laughs> me think of Frieza. A yeah, bit. exactly. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I'm ever gonna like him though if Hop has him in my game. So, well, it's so funny because at the beginning. Hop's like, I'm gonna take this one. It's the weaker one. You're like, hey, stupid. And then that's the, been a thing for a while now yeah. in the games where your rival takes the weaker one. But then the champion's like, all right, that one comes with me then. Yeah. And then you you figure out that he's been raising it. And well, I would sh- assume so. Yeah. And he well, shows up spoiler, later. Jordan. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's just gonna pop out, and you're gonna be like, what's that name again? No, oh, I, I figured he would. And I mean, especially he's gonna he's gonna wombo combo me with his Charizard. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, Actually, that's pretty awful now that I think about it. He, he has dual fire types. It's okay. I've got this awesome turtle thing now. It's gonna, Dreadnought. Yep, yeah, Dreadnought's the best. That's what I'm going to use to poop on his fire starter and Charizard. Have fun with that. I, I mean, if it's like the rest of the game, I'm just going to hit a water move and it's going to go... It's dead. not like the rest of the game. Right, <laughs> that, well, that champion fight. I am eagerly awaiting a challenge. 
await the Elite Four because there is no Elite Four. It's an actual Pokemon. Like it's a tournament. Yeah. yeah, it's a tournament. So enjoy that because it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, I'm on. I figure you're gonna fight Hop. You're gonna fight your other rival. Oh whatever. yeah, everyone's there. Even there's another secret too that you get to like the people that you get to fight. It's pretty awesome. That's cool. Uh. I, I see most of the stuff on this list is like what I've been working on too because I've been playing Halo Reach as well. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I only played the first day we did. Yeah. And I'm really eager because I never played the story for Reach. I was waiting to do it with you, honestly. Perfect. Because we'll I, I've some played time it before and I was like, you know what? I It says that I have some achievements from like when I played it. But it says that I don't have any of the episodes done. So I'm like, I'll just go through again. Okay. Maybe do some firefight too, because that's a fun mode as well. Yeah, um, we started, We played a little bit of multiplayer. I mean, we were having a good time. It was the first day it came out, so there mm-hmm. were definitely some server issues. I don't know if those have been fixed at all. Yeah. And we were also trying to do the cross, because I was playing it through Games Pass. You bought it on Steam. Yeah. So I was going through the Windows Xbox store. You were going through Steam. So that seemed to have some issues communicating with each other apparently we just can't be friends we don't have a shared friend list between the two cross platforms well and i think the problem is is it it's the cross plays through xbox so we i need to go into my xbox menu and add you on there oh okay so i don't know a way of opening it up i don't know in steam if you can get through it but i can i i could so that was an issue and i need to check i couldn't actually open it through the xbox app i had to actually like find the games executable and launch it that way Again, we were playing it day one, and it seemed to not have the greatest launch in the world, but it was good enough. People seemed to be enjoying yeah. it. I had fun with what we played. I mean, within like five seconds, you're all like, ah, oh, there's nostalgia's here, Aaron, as I was screaming profanity through the <laughs> you, headset. I, there, were, there were words you were saying I didn't. I haven't heard since that era from back in the day when it first released. I was like, that is not a PC word anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. That, and we oh. will not discuss those words here yeah, either. Exactly. No, we are not saying those. Uh, not as bad as I was. Not as bad as I thought I was going to be. I used to be awful at first-person shooters, and to this point, I still kind of am because I remember shooting you with a uh, with a sniper rifle on accident when you were fighting someone. And yeah, that, thanks. I was trying to shoot him, and uh, you know, I guess the color difference wasn't enough for me, so I shot you um, instead. I was about to say, I'm kind of kind of torn i don't remember this being halo multiplayer but at least the way it's set up like you, you get an assault rifle and a battle rifle every time and like yes. i just don't remember that like i thought it was like a, like a pistol i remember there being just like more guns spread out too maybe it's the modes we're playing but i just remember there being a lot more variety like just out on the battlefield it's, and i wasn't finding it at least when we played again we played for like what two hours maybe yeah i don't think the weapons were as um in your face as they were in the other in the other games like they would be on platforms levitating up in the air like this is what this spawn is now it's like you're in the middle of a firefight and you go under a bridge and leaning up against the wall there's a hammer and and you wouldn't see that otherwise you'd have to like look for it right and you would have to know that's there and i'm still finding myself just walking around and then just randomly the on my you know my hud and what does hud stand for again I just always said HUD. Yeah, I never. I guess I've never thought of it. Here, you keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> uh, on my interface, there you go. Uh, something like that. Uh, it would just say, "Hey, pick up this shotgun." I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know that." I don't think that's right. That is not right. Mm. Uh, what does HUD stand for? In games. I would just have to walk past it and, and heads hold up the display. Button. Heads up display. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Now that I think about it. Uh, so yeah, I. 
I don't know where any of these weapons are. I still don't. I kind of get a feeling for it when I'm on the map, but as soon as I'm on the other one, that information has left my brain. Like that episode from SpongeBob when they're just tossing everything out that's irrelevant. It's the same thing with memorizing maps. Yes, anything that's not related to what's in the match right now, <coughs> immediately gone from my, my, my brain. Immediately. And there's a lot of maps. Like, we were playing a lot of maps that I had no idea. Like, yeah, I've never played on those. I there, mean, it's one of those things, like, it was always just, like, Beaver Creek and Death Valley back when I played, so. There was that time that we had on that one map that just had the giant tower, which was, that was a pretty fun map, besides yeah, the fact that, that I died and it spawned me out of the battle zone <laughs> with two other people, and we all, quote-unquote, committed suicide. Yeah, we seem to be enjoying the big team battle more than the it, I, I seem to be doing better with that as well. It's easier to find people. Easier to find people, and like in a four v four, everybody's looking for you. Yes. Like you can kind of like sneak around a little bit in the big teams, at least. And also in four v four, like, like you could be following someone, they could be following you, like that Scooby Doo thing, and you're just constantly going around in circles. That was happening a lot when we were playing four v fours. I was just running around the circle. I'm like, why is there no one like here at all? And then in eight um, in eight person mode, you could have that one where like, oh, I see him across my da, 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 da. and then you look to your right, and there's the rest of the team, just like four of them coming towards you. And I'm fine with that. I'm like, oh, I got caught out. I wasn't looking around. I stayed scoped in too long. It's my only issue with the battle rifle just being like, hey, everybody has it. Is like every single map is just like tuck those legs and run across that battlefield because everybody has something that's gonna hit you. I wish it was like that instead of the vehicles that are in every map, which. I would have liked the 4v4s because they don't have the vehicles. But then the AV8s have vehicles. But I, I can't... It's a tank. It's a tank. What am I supposed to do? It's like, oh, you have a melee option. I'm like, how am I supposed to well, get to the tank? That one map we did where we were... We and you were both convinced that there was not... We didn't We didn't one. have a tank. And it was just because our team was stupid and let it blow up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was playing a match later on the same level. I, you got kicked out. Yeah. And I went into... Well, we got put into different games for some reason. You didn't get kicked out that one. It was the very last one that I played. There's something about going into, like, the the careers and uh, menus and stuff like that kicks you out Maybe, of it for okay, some reason. Maybe, okay, yeah. Maybe. But um, I, I noticed that the tank... There were two tanks in that level, and then my team was so stupid in that one that we let the enemy come over and get in our tank, so we were, like, having two tanks just, like, blast us away. It was, it was pretty times. awful, yeah. Bad but times. Th- that one that we did find out there was... on. We thought there was only one tank on. There was actually, you can go around it. Like, there's a secret passageway around the map that you can sneak behind and jump on the tank if you wanted to. But the other team was blocking that way. So it was like you had to push through it so you can get to their tank and destroy it instead of just running across the battlefield (laughs) and being cannon fodder. Literal cannon fodder D-Day stuff. That was another thing I've noticed with the game, too, is like, it's it's definitely the map design is not asymmetrical. It is not no because not like at all. you're just all like I want to get up there, but I'm not on that. I don't spawn on that side of the map, so I'm just never getting <laughs> yeah, up there. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm just done. I can't. It, it's too far. I'm gonna die before I get there. Exactly. Uh, so that's it though. That's all I've been playing. Honestly, the, I tried out some of the new Star Wars: The Old Republic expansion. Okay. I haven't got too much into that, but it's it's the Old Republic. I have confidence. It's pretty fun. You're, you're at least going to enjoy the story. Yeah, it had a good pre-patch, too, where they introduced uh, Ossus. There was a new world. Yeah. and it, it had I, th- I think the complaint stuff. with that was just, like, literally they gave them that, like, a year ago. And they were all like, <laughs> yeah. you have this tiny little planet for a year. Have fun. Well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of voice acting they put in the game. Even, oh, definitely, like, the side sure. quests and stuff like that. It takes way longer than usual uh, expansions, like, in MMOs. 
because everything is voiced for the most part. And when it's not, it, it goes back to the old uh, Knights of the Old Republic thing where it's like it's, they talk and then you have like dialogue options and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, hey, you found a cheaper way that brings nostalgia and satisfies us still. All right. Um, I'll go next. Mm-hmm. I played, I, I, I dabbled again with WoW Classic. I just loaded it up to see what my server health was the like. The chaos was still like. Well, because, so here's the issue. Some of these PvP servers are like dead now. Like, as far as PvP goes, because yeah. all the alliance have transferred off. Because oh. it's gotten, the imbalance is so bad that, like, Blizzard opened up these, like, transfers and only offered it to Alliance. So Whoa. there are servers literally, like, if you look on Reddit, especially on the EU side of things, there are servers that literally the Horde can't PvP anymore because there's, there's, not, enough there's people. not enough people. Like, somebody had, like, two accounts open and, like, slash who 60 on the Horde, and it was, like, 300-some people online at, like, 3 in the morning, and they slash who Alliance at 60, and there were, like, two people. Oh like, there goodness. are literally picture, literally pictures on Reddit of, like, Alliance, like, just dead in Ironforge and, like, Horde just hanging out in there like it's an Ogremar <laughs> or something. Like, it's absolutely crazy. It's a mass and exodus. I, 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 brought, I logged in and brought this up because I was able to move around my server again. So I yeah. don't know if I just got on at a time Alliance were raiding or they're moving off our my server or, or our server, too, because I was able to get on and actually like just do some stuff for a little bit and that it was kind of nice but it makes me wonder like um tomorrow is or today when you're listening can listen to this podcast is when the pvp goes live the two battlegrounds we talked about last week it's like might be too late yeah honestly because even in classic wow in current wow there's battle groupings so different like multiple servers will fight each other if they queue into pvp yeah and in classic, that's not the case. Yeah, you it's don't have just that. your server. So if people have already transferred off, you're gonna have like horrible queue times as a horde trying to queue into battlegrounds. Yeah. Which should theoretically be the fix for all the problems of people just ganking everybody. Which ganking means like it's just an unfair advantage. Like there's multiple people going at you and it's Yeah. So the whole point of a probably P- unaware. Yeah, the whole point of a PvP server is like you can fight anybody basically wherever. There's certain zones where you're safe from the enemy and the enemy's safe from you. But the the problem is right now is just everybody's just killing everybody without second thought. Like, you know, yeah. so, sometimes you have an uneasy usually on a PvP server that's established and has battlegrounds and stuff, like you have the uneasy alliance. Like you know they could come kill you. They might kill you, but then they leave you alone. They're not like running around in groups of at least five people just yeah, they're not killing on site for blood like yeah. these giant groups are. It's like, oh hey, we're gonna you're the opposite faction, you're there, sorry, you got caught out, and then you get rid of them, and then you leave. They're not just like camping your body or whatever like that. So I've decided, like I said, I decided to wait. I'm gonna see what tomorrow brings, what the next couple weeks bring, but honestly it's it's at the point where like if PvP servers are just ruined because Blizzard screwed up faction balance by not giving that information out to people, um, might be time just to like bite the bullet and re-roll on a PvE server and get that character up before the game gets too much further in. Do you think it's because it's more like Blizzard's way that they handled server transfers and, and servers in general? I just think they bot yeah, I think they botched servers completely. I mean they had you part of the pre or not pre order, but if you were subscribed, you could reserve your name on on a server. 
So like people were reserving their names on servers. They didn't want to leave those servers because they had the names, but they were so full because Blizzard didn't have enough servers. When they started allowing transfers, you can only transfer to certain places right now. In some cases, only certain factions can transfer off said server. It's just, it's a mess. And I mean, I understand they're, they, they're trying to fix it, but in their trying to fix it, they've made a bigger mess. They almost just need to be like, okay, you can transfer over what you want. Yeah, because like be like we've talked about last week, I would totally transfer off our server to a PVE server, but I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. When our server transfers have been up, it's been to another PVP server. Like, I don't. You just let me go where I want to go. And like, you choose too, because the, the reason why people are still staying on these servers is because they can't choose where they want because they, they don't want to be separated with their friends. Your, yeah, and your friends are there, like, and, and that's the thing. People are like, "Oh, don't worry, it's coming. Wizard's just going to charge for it." Yeah, that's probably the case, but like, you just need to let. That's an issue. They need too. to bite the bullet and just do like one good, like goodwill transfer. Like you can move each character once for free wherever you want. That's that's true. It's and even like put a level on it. Like it has to be over level forty or something, you know. And that makes sense. It has to have been over level forty by a certain time. Mm-hmm. That that's a good idea, honestly. It you it it justifies you spent so much time on this character. Uh, you're not going to just reroll. It's well, how much time do you think you spent on this character? Uh, it took me about four and a half days slash played, and that's on a hunter, which is one of the quicker ones to level solo, especially. Uh, it took me like four and a half days slash played to hit sixty. It's like almost and that doesn't over hundred hours, right? Yeah, easily. Is, yeah, mean. easily over hundred hours. All right, pretty there's, close either way. Yeah, there's. I mean, I've definitely put over 100 hours into him, like, including his leveling and since hitting 60, because I played him a little bit. Like, I I enjoyed him that first couple, like, he hit 60 a week before all this PvP stuff started, and that was a fun week. Like, I was having fun, and then the PvP started, and I'm like, I can't even get to a dungeon. (laughs) Sad times. Anyway, uh, completely incidental and not related to later news, I started dabble, I just started playing Crash Bandicoot, um... Every once in a while, especially the first game, I just get a burr up my butt. I like to play through it. Um, I've always said I think the second Crash Bandicoot's the probably the best Crash Bandicoot, but the first one's my favorite. Um, I just it's a very especially in the Insane Trilogy, it's a really hard game, and I just I don't think it's hard. Like I just love the challenge. It's one of those games that like objectively, when I sit back, I can say it's a hard game, but like it doesn't challenge me like that just because I play it so much. So. I mean, people get the platformer itch, and Crash Bandicoot is unique in that perspective because it not it like a, uh, what's that view called? It's not isometric. What is it? It's a 3D view game, but a lot, you're on, like, tracks. And yeah, stuff. It's, a, it's like so a like scroller. So, even, like, even if you're, like, in, there's certain levels that are, like, 2D, so to speak, where you're moving left to right. Yeah. But you can still move 3D with on, like, the platform that you're walking on kind of thing. Yeah, so. I, I can't think off the top of my head that other games that do that, where it's like a, it's like a rail platformer. Yeah, there's not a lot. It was mostly based, I think it was a tactic more used when 3D was first becoming a thing, which is when Crash yeah. Bandicoot was made, early PlayStation days. it's either free roam or nothing, or it's on a 2D plane, kind of like Mario, mm-hmm. uh, when it first released. So, yeah, I can kind of see that. You you like to keep your, your platformer uh, muscles I like to keep my Crash fresh. Bandicoot yeah. skills sharpened. Uh, definitely only the first game, though. Like, occasionally I'll be all like, all right, I'm going to play through two and three, and I'm just like, help me. <laughs> I'm not good at these games. Like Seth and I with, like, uh, Bioware games. We like to keep our Bioware muscles pretty fresh. We'll go back and rerun uh, Mass Effect and, and Dragon Age and stuff like that. And I like to keep those muscles fresh, too. 
I liked platformers, but I liked more the puzzle aspect than the actual like platforming part of it. So that's why Mario scratches that itch more often than not. I've been watching. I don't know why I got to burr up my butt this week to just watch some awesome games done quick. Yeah, and I was watching. About I was that watching too. a Mario sixty four speed run for all the stars and such a good. Oh, man. It's, it's the best. It's the best three yeah. D Mario game. I'll, I'll say it. It's just still to this day. Seeing your favorite game just broken in front of millions. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I didn't know you could do that. Like, the the part of your brain that's still a kid is like, oh, my God, I could have done that? <laughs> right. Uh, and then finally, I beat Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, not very often I can say I just, like, I about beat a game. Cause, uh, what's your verdict, though? Uh, it's, like I said, I need, to th- I need to sit back and think on it, and I still need to finish Outer Worlds. But yeah. right now, this is my game of the year. Um, Interesting. Like I, we talked about last week, the gameplay is just so good, mixing all the different styles. You've got the Uncharted, like, just traversal. You've got the Metroid aspect of sometimes you have to come back to different planets to continue progressing. And then you've got, like, these Zelda-style, like, dungeons just plopped in the middle of the, in the middle of, um, planets. And, and then, of course, you got the, the Soulsborne play of your like meditating at meditation points and it just all blends together very well with a story um i think we touched on last week like i've heard one of the complaints about this game is people don't necessarily care about cal who's the main character and like i i think they do just enough to make you care about him like i had a great time with the game um i got to the and i checked once i beat the game what we talked last week that uh one of the uh, previews for on TV is re- spoiling the end of the game. It's spoiling the very end of the game. Oh my goodness! And it is such a cool reveal. Just please, if you have not had it spoiled from you, some like somehow, I have like, not. No, I just don't think so. Block yourself out, especially if you plan on playing the game sometime soon, because like the last twenty minutes of this game, like it goes from like it goes from like eight to a thousand, like real quick. Like you're like you're already tense, and then like. <laughs> like it just Kick blows the down the down. door yeah. it's crazy um so yeah i like i said i i i'm really high on it and i can't talk about i, I really can't talk about some of what really got me going because it's all at the end of the game so i see what you mean so it was it was more like a a, a very good build-up followed by a good execution at the end yeah maybe if this is a game you play sometime soon we can do like a spoiler cast for topic of the week kind of thing Interesting, yeah. I'll see what I do after the the holiday season because yeah. I just bought a few other games uh, that I need to start getting to work as well. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I told you before, I bought Escape from Tarkov, right? Yeah. My it doesn't run too well on my computer. I found out, or at least at the at the time I was having server issues. Time for an upgrade. So it's starting to look like I need to get a solid state drive, an SSD. SSDs are nice. I, I might as well just put Windows on it too, so it boots up. Oh, faster. for sure. Like yeah. So I'm like, yeah, oh, it's been. If a you long have an SSD time. and you don't have your operating system on it, you're you're messing up. Yes, Make and sure you just do before that. I I found out the the term SSD would be thrown around a lot of my in my life because I have a lot of nerd friends. I'm like, yeah, SSD. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what an SSD is. It's a solid state. It's drive. a solid state drive. It it keeps. It's just like an external storage. That you can put stuff on your computer, so it runs off that instead of like your hard drive on your computer. Just makes things certain programs that you put on your it's SSD just, faster. I, I don't know exactly how it does, but it's it's basically a hard drive, and it just reads the memory faster. Like yes. it reads what's on it faster. I mean, that's basically that's what my main thing in my computer. 
I have a terabyte SSD and then I have a 500 gig like normal hard drive just as a backup that I have like two things on because I, again, you get used to an SSD. You don't want to go back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jordan, that is what we've been playing. We will move on to the news. As I said earlier, we've got a whopping 11 news items. I could have easily added more like, for example, Fortnite's like apparently in their like movie theater area, good old risky reels. They're, they're, like, showing off a scene from Star Wars at some point this week. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like, stuff like that I kept out. There's just, there was too much this week. But anyway, we'll start with Sony news. Number one, some news you might like, Jordan. Persona 5 Royal finally has a Western release date. My information comes from Polygon Michaels McWeeder. I, I'm just committing to that. Like, I say this guy's name every week, and I just, I'm not confident. Well, how else would you say I'm it? McWeeter? McWeeter? You know what? I should probably just like click around Polygon. I'm sure there's a video where he says his name. I we'll... think you should commit to this and say his name in a different way different every time every he time. comes up. All yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Atlas has announced that its re-release of Persona 5 will be coming to the U.S. on March 31st, 2020, exclusively on PS4. Oh, yes. The re-release comes with added content in the form of a new playable character, a new area to explore, and a host of tweaks and streamlined changes. In addition to the game, PlayStation Blog showed off multiple physical and digital collector's editions of the game. The standout has to be the Phantom Thieves edition for $89.99, US dollars, which includes a Joker mask uh, with a stand, a collector's box, an art book, the soundtrack, a limited edition steel case, or steel book case, and a dynamic PS4 theme code. It may be worth noting that if you don't want spoilers, it would probably be best to avoid looking too deep down the online rabbit hole since this version of the game has been out since October in Japan. All right, so let me start off by saying uh, Persona 5 is my favorite game of all time. It's it's number one above all Ooh, else. Juicy. Yes, uh, it has everything that I love, and um, it's it's long. It has it multiple is so stylish. The style in this, the game is if, what gets me. I've I've played through the first the first palace and like yeah. If you it's go definitely through a the game, menu, I, if, it's definitely a game. <laughs> if I had like. If playing games was my job, I would finish it. Yeah, uh, just opening up the menu, like the the main HUD, which we just found a heads up display. Uh, <laughs> it's just it, it's so it's just style. It it is aesthetic to the word. Uh, and the other thing I want to mention is when it comes to collector's editions, it's kind of a weird thing for me because I don't buy collector's editions of anything very much often. I usually buy digital for everything because I can't be bothered to just go to a store and buy it. It's it's always I can't be too bothered much. to get up to switch the games out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and and just recently, I was like, yeah, I'll buy Pokemon Shield a, a physical copy. I went to the store; they didn't have it, and it was the day they released it. So I'm like, wow, I should have just bought a digital copy of it. So I went home, and that's exactly what I did. So I'm gonna stay on that. But for Persona Five Royal. I'm gonna buy this eighty. This eighty nine ninety nine. Have you seen it? Yeah, but I mean, my really friend Sky cool. just told me that she's gonna get it too, and I and I'm like, okay, yeah. And the soundtrack, I listen to it still all the time. It's been almost like a year since I finished the game, and I still listen to the soundtrack on a daily basis. When I'm washing the dishes, I'm listening to the theme. When I'm like working out, I'm listening to like the battle theme and stuff like that. So just like for like, I'd pay good money just for the soundtrack of this game. Uh, it's part of the reason why I downloaded YouTube Music is because you can't get it on like all you get on uh, Spotify is like covers and stuff like that. And I just want I just want the original stuff, the mask, 
it's cool, whatever. I can finally have something weebish to hang up on my uh, in my room or are something you, like that. Why are you hanging up in your room? You need to be wearing this twenty four seven. Yeah, if I'm you gonna can. walk up to you know where I work and just have it on my face and it's whatever. And they're like, hey, what are you what are you wearing? I'm like, sleeve you'll never know. Card. Yeah, just just toss a Joker card out. I, I wasted three hours of my life because the game doesn't do a very good job of explaining when the final day is. Ah, uh, yes. So I right. left my calling card, and then I was I thought like you could go in there the day of. Yeah. Can't do that. You got to finish that. You got to fin- You got to have your business taken care of the day before. Yes, exactly. I, I actually failed my first mm-hmm. uh, palace run because of that, too. Because they're like, I thought that day you could enter the palace. Right. But no, it's like, nope, you're done. Exactly. And this I left my calling card the day before. And That's I was like, exactly I've, what I've I did. I've got time. And then next thing I know, I was like, like, it threw me back. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't save for three that hours. That is exactly <laughs> what I did as well, Aaron. I was trying to maximize the amount of time I had before my first palace. But yeah, this is super exciting news. Anything lore Persona related, Persona 5 related, uh, I'll buy it up. I don't care. Like, I, I still don't have, like, the dancing game or, like, uh, the 3DS game, but those are on my list of stuff to get. Like, definitely. The only way this could have been any better if it came to Switch. People were looking up to that. They were like, hey, I know. you put Joker in Super Smash Bros. Well, they, and they were they teased so hard they did. a Persona thing. And then they're all like, Persona Dynasty Warriors. And like everybody's just like, we want to kill ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to buy it anyways. I don't care. I'll buy anything. Uh, they had the Persona 4 and Persona 3. They did like a, a fighting game of that. It was very well received because it was like very fluid and stuff like that. I would buy that too if it had five in it, the five characters in it, and if you add like a like if you add fifteen more hours to the to the story of the original Persona Five, <laughs> I'll pay freaking ninety bucks for it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I am kind of sad. I guess it worked out for me because like I've been wanting to get the game, and I'm kind of in a weird spot where I'm all like, I should just buy this new one so I have all the content. But at the same time, I'm like, I could get the just base game for ten bucks right now, and probably just borrow the new one from you at some point. There you go. I'm digging. You know, I'm getting a physical copy anyway, so it works. Exactly. Moving on, number two, according to a news article on IGN by Chris Priestman, Sony is sadly no longer in the business of making handheld consoles. Speaking to Game Informer as part of the 25 years of PlayStation celebration, which started last Tuesday, congratulations to Sony on that, Sony's CEO of Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, announced the news by saying, quote, PlayStation Vita was brilliant in many ways, and the actual gaming experience was great, but clearly it's a business that we are no longer in now, end quote. These words echo former CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment America, Jack Tretton, who in 2016 said the following, quote, Now that I don't work there anymore, I think internally it was, this is a great machine. It's just too late. The world has shifted to portable devices that aren't dedicated gaming machines, end quote. It seems like once again Nintendo will be the only video game publisher attempting to make hardware in this market as smart devices continue to improve and take over the portable gaming market. Yeah, so that's just not true because Nintendo made a system that's like keeping up with the big boys and it's portable, so... I'm honestly surprised that Sony's just surrendering the market to them. I mean, the PlayStation the PlayStation Portable sold like 80 million copy, like units. Like, that was a very successful handheld. And the Vita is a great machine. I have one. Like, I enjoyed playing games on there until I got the Switch, and then that's just, the screen was nicer. It was a little more powerful, you know, that kind of... It was it was time for it to move on. But, yeah. like, I mean, it just... Their, 
their price. What's the word I'm looking for? Proprietary. I think so. Yeah. Their primary. Proprietary, like th- like their cards. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like yeah. The, like things that only worked on that were made specifically for the Vita that like raised the prices. Like the memory cards were ridiculously expensive. The games were more expensive. Um. And the games just never came the way Sony promised they would be there. And Sony, I mean, announced that the Vita was dead earlier this year anyway. But it is kind of sad to see that they're not going to... That, Like I said, I'm just surprised. Like, Nintendo has proven there's still a, a thirst for this kind of device. And it's kind of sad to see them throw it away the way they are. However, um, like they said, or Jack Trenton said, that um, portable gaming devices are now just like cell phones and stuff. I mean, it doesn't work well, but the the PS4 Remote Play, which allows you to beam your PlayStation 4 to another device, is on phones now, and you can connect your PlayStation 4 controller and play it that way. If again, like that, I don't think streaming technology is there, but that's I guess their their play now. They want you to just play your actual games streamed to your cell phone. Yeah, it has like I like to say Wii U syndrome, like it has. You know, there was a want and a need for it, but without the third-party uh, support, and it, it didn't have that longevity that third parties usually bring to uh, main consoles. Because whenever I, I got the Wii U, and my issue with it was, there was no, like, there was nothing for it. Like, Yeah, outside of like, your first-party Nintendo games, which were few and far between. Yes, my thought, my thought process always goes back to family video, Walking in and going into the game aisle, and there's a huge. We still have one. There was a, yeah, there was a huge <laughs> disparity. Like you would see PS2, and it went around the wall. Like it composed the entirety of the room on the walls of it. And then you had Xbox, which was like maybe like two fifths of it, uh, of that wall. And then in the middle, you had more PS2 games. You had more Xbox games, and in like this little tiny corner, you had the Wii and Wii U games. Just like, not even like a fifth of it, really. It was it was awful. Like, I I bought it primarily because of Smash and and you know Mario Kart, but that's always the thing that comes into my head. Even when I think of like PSP and PS Vita games, like they just didn't have that 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 longevity that um, you know new creators would have given it. Instead, they just went all the steam, and that's probably what bought them out precisely yeah definitely to your point was the indie machine for a while and then Mm -hmm. once once the indie machine moved to ps4 it actually got on the big screens your computers exactly there was no reason for it anymore all right still with more playstation news big week for them number three according to a post on playstation blog sony will be bringing us one more state of play for the year uh and it will come out tomorrow uh december 10th uh so I mean, it'll probably have already aired by the time you're listening to this. Uh, The Nintendo Direct-style event promises 20 minutes of new game reveals, release date announcements, new gameplay footage, studio updates, and more. They also said not to expect any PlayStation 5 updates in this presentation. You can look for the state of play on any uh, streaming services that Sony's on, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central Time. Uh, I wouldn't think anything too big will be announced because the Game Awards are later on in the week on Thursday, December 12th. And that's usually for the spot for big announcements, but you never know. This is kind of probably going to be their swan song. This is what's going to keep us over until PS5, in my opinion. 
So if that's the case, we would have to get a Ghost of Tsushima release date during this. You think that's going to be the case? Probably. I don't think it's going to be the icing on the cake, because like you said, that's probably going to be in the Game Awards, but it's going to be the cake. Okay. Is what this game uh, state of play is going to be. Okay, I, I like your ideas. I really have no hard predictions for this. Like this, Sony's just in such a weird spot because we know, we know they've got Last of Us coming up, and we know they've got Ghost of Tsushima, but that's it for this generation for first party. Really, I guess Dreams still has to come out technically, but that's it's already like pseudo out in the early access. So I, it'll be interesting to see. I, they've got. I feel like they've got a lot building, and they're just going to unload it all at once. It'll be interesting to see. Speaking of possibly unloading it all at once, number four, <laughs> Blue Point Games, who are most recently uh, famous for their HD remakes of beloved PlayStation titles, such as Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, Gravity Rush Remastered, and they absolutely knocked it out of the park with Shadow of the Colossus Remastered, are very excited about their next unannounced game. According to Gamerant's uh, Cameron Corliss, Blue Point believes, quote, the next remake will be our proudest achievement, end quote. The game is sent to launch on PS5, and while something this small normally wouldn't make our news, except that the rumored game seems to be Demon Souls Remastered. Uh, we know this because of teases the company's put out over the past year or so. Um, and with Sony not saying anything about the PS5 until next year, it seems like whatever Bluepoint is working on probably won't see an announcement until the console itself or is revealed or closer to E3 2020. Uh, a game of this caliber and a remake done by a team who has proven themselves up to the challenge would be one hell of a PS5 launch title, if I do say so myself. So, you know how much, like, I'm into the Souls series. You are a Souls man. Yes, it, it was my top game until I played Persona 5. Uh, so, I played Dark Souls, played Dark Souls 1, went back to Demon's Souls for the, PS, uh, for the PS3, and then I played Dark Souls 3, you know, Bloodborne, blah, blah, blah. I have not beaten Dark Demon's Souls. No? No. Because, what, just too hard? Not interesting for uh, you? A like... couple of things. One of them being uh, the PS3 is being tossed around a lot with our, you know, I think my sister has it right now. So I can't and really. It's PS3. Yeah, yeah it's PS3. It. Exactly. I didn't take it with me as soon as I got the PS4. I didn't I didn't need it anymore. Um, Demon's Souls, Jordan. That's, yeah, <laughs> that game is terrifying. It is it is terrifying. It it made Demon uh, Dark Souls 3 what it is now with some of its ideas and stuff like that. And. A lot of it holds up, honestly. Uh, the game itself, mechanically, is still pretty nice. Uh, it just looked ugly as, you know, as much as you can imagine it being. Like, for, for a PS3 game, like, it was early PS3, if that if that makes sense anything. So, uh, a remaster, just to bring things back to, like, its, its roots. And plus, with no new Dark Souls games coming out ever, because they ended it with 3. 3 is canonically the end of the dark souls series so anything else they make is going to be you know before or whatever uh or they're, they're going to release like more uh sekiro or uh bloodborne which is what i would be interested in hi i don't understand how there's not a bloodborne 2 yet. they need a bloodborne 2 because like sony owns the ip like i get you would want from to make it but they could just be all like somebody else make this for us please that's what they, they kind of did with dark souls 2 as well they uh they made the I think the person that was developing it was the person that did like some Monster Hunter stuff, 
which is why you saw so many bosses instead of like, you know, in the first one where there was bosses, but it was like, they were huge flags. Right. You know, you know, gaping dragon, you know, you definitely know Capra demon. <laughs> I know that for sure. You get the, the shake still from it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because demon souls is really, really cool. And it had uh, a great online community and an online mechanic too of the game getting harder, depending on how the rest of the, of the world was doing. There was a, there was like pure white and pure dark tendencies where like, uh, if you were pure dark, it would get more difficult, but the, dro the drops of the monsters, would, they would drop rarer stuff. And, you know, it was more high risk, high reward. Right. And there were special like holiday events where like on Halloween, it was just pure dark no matter what. Everything was harder, everything was scarier, things like that. And Pure White was like, yeah, everything's easier and everything dies faster, but the drops don't come as much. Okay. So there was a lot of give and take. And it yeah. all depended on what everyone else in the world was doing at that time. Crazy. Uh, man, and especially if they do it like Shadow of the Colossus remake was like beautiful. a work of art. Yeah. Like, my goodness, if they do something like that to Demon Souls, uh, can't wait to see it. It, it. it will genuinely be like first buy. Right. I mean, regardless of what it is, it's got to be something big if they're hyping it up the way they are, because they've been hyping it up for a while now, whatever they're working on. So. And I have total confidence in them, too. They've they picked some uh, some good ones to you know rewind on, and if they spent enough time on it, they have their heads in the right places for, for bringing these games back to life. For sure. Moving on, our last bit of Sony news, if you can believe it. <laughs> um, number five, starting tomorrow, or today, as the day the podcast comes out, PS4 players of Minecraft will start updating to the Bedrock version of the game. News comes from Mo Yang directly. Uh, Kelsey Howard, I believe she's there, just the head of PR. Uh, this will finally allow PS4 players to join the cross-play ecosystem with Xbox One, Windows 10, Nintendo Switch, iOS, Android, and Gear VR devices. The update is free of charge and will become the standard version of the game for PS4 users moving forward. Interestingly, you will have to use an Xbox Live account to access the crossplay features, although it does not need to be gold, so you can just set up a free account. Uh, you will, however, need PlayStation Plus to play online on the PlayStation. This is interesting because it was believed having a competitor-required login was one of the reasons Sony was so hesitant to join the crossplay ecosystem for the longest time. It's good to see they've had a change of heart. Sony's crossplay left beta. I put that in quotes because, I mean, it was really just them being all like, we don't want to do this, but yeah. Fortnite people hate us. Um, <laughs> Sony's crossplay left beta earlier this year, meaning that anybody who wants to enable crossplay with their games between other devices and PlayStation may do so. Clearly, they probably still have to go through some hoops and stuff, but uh, Modern Warfare, the new one, is crossplay. So. It this has always been the future, we're hasn't it? Yeah, we're, we're, we're there. The like, future's just, here. Just let friends play with each other. Like, the, like, shake hands, whatever. You'll be selling consoles still, whatever like that. Just let us play with each other. And I, I just thought this was worth noting, because before Fortnite, Minecraft was the biggest game in the world. Yeah, it's exactly. still huge. And so. they're still making updates to it. Yeah, it's And crazy. it hasn't, graphically, hasn't changed at all. Not it's, a bit. It's just a <laughs> solid game. Alright, moving on to some Microsoft news. Number six, according to Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, the diskless skew of the Xbox, uh, their next generation Xbox, may not be dead after all. Many believed after announcing the Xbox Scarlet at E3 2019 and not saying a word about a cheaper diskless machine that Microsoft had canned the idea. 
It wouldn't be that surprising considering Microsoft already has a diskless version of their Xbox One S console that seems to have um, soft sales, although Microsoft hasn't talked about any sales number of any of their consoles since falling behind Sony earlier this generation. Still, according to Schreier's sources, the console is alive and well. Codenamed Lockhart, it will be a less powerful counterpart to the Scarlet, with one source saying it is about as powerful as the PS4 Pro, which is already less powerful than the Xbox One X that exists out there. However, this could be feeding into the rumor that went around last week that Microsoft is holding the real dev kits back as long as possible because they want to surprise Sony this time around because they definitely don't want to get humiliated again with a $100 more machine that was less powerful. Oh, yeah. That was... That was that E3 is something to remember. Do you remember that E3 where they were like Sony came out and they're like, "You can share your games with friends. You don't have to play online. We're more powerful. We're a hundred dollars cheaper." I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, there's some like, shotbacks. They man. there wasn't. They, they brought them out back and murdered them. Yeah, in it, front of everybody. I think Xbox sold more PS4s than PS4 did. <laughs> oh, for sure. Anyway, we should find out in the first half of next year if Lockhart is real or not. But um, right now, if you were a betting man, I would say it exists, giving you options on how you want to play your Xbox games. Just buy a PC. Play them there. Problem solved. I'm all, I'm <laughs> all for an advocate for being PC players. So it's, it's stagnant. It's always going to be probably the best. And you don't have to fight over who is your favorite child. You know what your favorite child is. Yeah, you just, it's a PC. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the nice part now. You have a PC for your Xbox exclusives. You get your Switch for your Nintendo exclusives. You get your PS4 for your for for um, Last of Us. That's all I want. I'm covered. So, exactly. All right, moving on to some Nintendo news. Number seven, new games are coming to Nintendo Switch Online and NES and SNES players that are available as part of their crap online service. <laughs> it is garbage it is awful yeah. it doesn't work half the time like i love paying to get disconnected from Splatfest, but you know i guess i'm not paying for it thank you mike <laughs> this is according to an article over on Eurogamer by tom phillips there will be six total games joining the online service on thursday december 12th you can look forward to nes games journey to Silas and crystals on SNES, you can look forward to Kirby Superstar, yeah. Breath of Fire 2, Super Punch-Out 2, and Star Fox 2 to join your selection of retro games. Star Fox 2 was famously complete and unreleased back in the SNES days and was just recently legally playable for the first time on the SNES Mini. This will mark the first time that the game is available on a Nintendo console that wasn't a mini spinoff. So, Kirby games are like Van Helsing, the movie to me. You know, I don't go <laughs> what out. What a comparison! Yes, I don't go out of my way to to find it, but if it's there, I I have a good time. I love the N sixty four one. Oh, the, point, the crystal yeah. shards. Yeah. Oh, that game Where was so good. Where you combine the powers. Exactly. Oh my god! Like I said, I never go out of my way to like find Kirby games because they've released some so far that have been pretty decent, and just keeping the core of Kirby is really awesome. I never go out of my way to buy it though. If if it was in front of me. I'd be like, sure, let's play some Kirby. I'm going to have a good time. But I'm never looking for it. I, I, I guess I feel the same way because I guess thinking about it, I think the N64 one might be the only one I've actually played. I'm sure I've played other ones, but like, yeah. the, the N64 one was the only one I ever played and beat. Yeah, I'd, I used to go to a um, uh, kind of like a after-school like babysitting thing uh, at Concordia, I believe, and they had just this one Super Nintendo. And we, it would have like... Uh, that goofy game 
and <laughs> it would also have Kirby. And everyone only had an hour to play. And when I got on, you bet I put that Kirby game on, and I tried to go as fast as I could through it because you can't save. So you could bracket pretty far to it. I mean, Kirby games outside oh, yeah. of I the first. Far. I was about to say outside of the first Kirby game, Kirby games have been known to be more kid friendly. Like, They're supposed to just be to sit down so, yeah. and just do a whole course we should check out we should check out and report back to the good listeners that like free to start one on the switch oh yeah 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 because we both have online service now we can we can definitely give a shout out let's see what that's about all right finally with nintendo news number eight nintendo has tweeted that tomorrow december 10th or today as the show goes live there will be an indie world showcase feature our quote featuring roughly 20 minutes of information on upcoming indie games for nintendo switch end quote Look to all streaming platform Nintendo supports at 1 p.m. Eastern or 12 p.m. Central for the presentation. Pretty cool. I mean, I mean, that's where I prefer to play a lot of indie games these days. Yeah, I I definitely wish. Wait, isn't? Yeah, they they brought Slate Aspire to Nintendo Switch, yeah, they right? Did. And that just shows so much goodwill because that game, if it ever completes itself, if it ever finishes getting out of beta or whatever it's in right now, or early access, mm-hmm. uh, that's. That would probably be my game of the year. I was about to say, they got that. Risk of Rain 2's on Switch. I mean, that's an oh, incredible yeah, that's game. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, like, too. Yeah, yeah I, got I, some... I, I like their Nindy. The, I, I miss when they were called, like, Nintendies. Nintendies, <laughs> itties. Like... They, it, they definitely learned their lesson, honestly. Like I just explained earlier, like, the Wii U just really needed just well, good, good, solid third party well and that and that's the problem like the middle market's gone like the double a double a really isn't there out of outside of thq with like dark sider games and yeah. stuff like that these days um the middle the middle isn't there so in between your big first party games you need to fill it in with good stuff and indies are the way to go the problem is, is anybody can really make an indie game these days if they have a little bit of time so we yeah. get a lot of garbage but nintendo seems better than most i mean there's definitely i'm sure tons of garbage on the eShop, but nintendo seems a little better than most about curating a little bit yeah we're give us our good decent 20 30 games give us some like stardew valleys give us some like overcooked give us uh what was it hellraisers What's oh, Helldivers. Helldivers, Hell yeah. Give us some of those like little fun games, that. man. We gotta like, play that again. Like, it gets good laughs and, <coughs> you know, good with friends. We Don't let Mario Party just take the entire couch co-op uh, by storm like it always does. And nobody wants that. No one wants the evil reign where Mario Party can do whatever they want. And you've seen what happens when that... when that Friendship's get away with torn it. asunder. Exactly. All right, moving on to other. Riot Games, number nine is going to be paying out nearly $10 million to female employees Uh-oh. as part of a settlement agreement in a lawsuit that started in November 2018. My information comes from Polygon's Nicole Carpenter. The settlement will affect nearly 1,000 women who have worked at the company in the past five years as part of a gender demis- uh, discrimination lawsuit filed last year on the heels of Kotaku's investigation into sexist culture at the developer. Reports vary depending on which part of riots or uh, which part of riot the ladies worked for, ranging from women claiming that these uh, non-existent, like they weren't they weren't affected by anything, to extremely disturbing and disgusting. On the slightly less disgusting side of things, but still wrong nonetheless, uh, women reported being groomed for jobs, meaning they were being trained specifically to take over certain jobs, just to have men come in at the last a man come in at the last minute moment and take the job. 
And on the other side, there were countless complaints of sexual harassment, um, including men walking by women's desks and farting on them. Hmm, that's very what? specific. But, 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 like, you can't make that up. That's like, true. I had to like. <laughs> what? Uh, I can't. Like, I I can't imagine doing that to like somebody at work. Like, just like take that. Especially since you know you work with children, so even more <laughs> <Take> so. <that. laughs> Clearly, uh, somebody has found something somewhere to prove that these allegations were true, or I doubt Riot would be attempting to make this go away by settling. I guess that should be mentioned. They are settling. They are not admitting yeah. fault. But I, I don't feel like unless unless you think somebody could dig up something real bad, you don't do this. And what's really unfortunate and i guess uh, i mean this is just a thing unfortunately sexism and stuff is a thing in the in the workplace like it seems like this was like higher up especially like it wasn't like as bad i'm sure it was i'm sure it's there but like it seemed to get worse higher up you got which Which is is, it's usually the opposite when somebody who like owns the company is like walking around sideswiping you like man or woman like that's that's messed up yeah (laughs) oh my goodness this is and, uh, and so just remember that when you're playing League of Legends with your Chinese-funded company, Jordan. <laughs> hey, you know, I play League because other people play League, okay? I, there's not a single well, hour of that game. Maybe he was just side-swiping his, his co-worker. Cause <laughs> and other play people with your were. sister. I mean, the, how gender-neutral can you get with that? All right, number 10. Fresh off last week's news that a new Bioshock game may be a live service, 2K has announced that new Bioshock game. And it is indeed in development. However, not much was said on the type of game it was, so it might not be a live service. In fact, they kind of dodged that in yeah. questioning. <laughs> um, word comes from IGN's Jonathan Dornbush, who reports that 2K has confirmed a new studio, Cloud Chambers, has been set up to work on the project. Don't expect the game anytime soon, though, as 2K has said that the new Bioshock game will be in development for, quote, the next several years, end quote, and that they are in, quote, early are early in the in the process of making the game, end quote. Uh, no consoles or release dates were given, so it's safe to assume this will be a next-generation title. It was also mentioned that Ken Levine has nothing to do with Cloud Chambers, reconfirming that the grandfather of the series has indeed moved on to another project. Kotaku's Jason Schreier also tweeted out that while development is early on, Cloud Chambers has existed and has been working on the, the game for at least two years. There are some more tiny tidbits of information on the IGN article if you're passionate about Bioshock, but I dug out the bigger bits there. So how do you feel about like game release and like telling people about the game release too early, too late, things like that? I prefer as late as possible. I, I, I like agree. how Bethesda did Fallout 4 where they were basically all like, this is our game. It's, it's almost done. six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of how I feel about like movie trailers and stuff like that too. It's like... Just tell us when it's almost here so that I don't have to, like, wait and forget about it. Right. You know? It, don't give us time to forget about your game because it's not as good as, hey, like you just said, oh, six months, almost here. Really cool game. Check it out. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, because it, it, I know what you might be thinking. Oh, you can save up enough money during that time to buy the game or whatever like that. But by that time, we have saved up the money. Something has come up. We have spent that money. And now we are at the same place that if you just released it on that day and told us about it, we would be in that same situation. Right. And I mean, I get you want to hype things up and all. 
Ooh, excuse me. I, I get you want to hype things up and all that, but like, I, I just Last of Us, for example, we've known about that Last of Us Part yeah. Two for a couple years now. Imagine if tomorrow they were just like, by the way, the Last of Us Part Two is a thing. Like we didn't know about it before. They're like, it's a thing, and it comes out in March. Yeah, I'd be sitting. I'd been sitting there tomorrow, like. <laughs> Hype has a shelf life, and especially when you release sequels, you the the shelf life should be, hey, you just released this new game. Let me play your other games again to get you know warmed up again. So that's that's kind of like where I want your 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 releases, your announcements to come out. Is, hey, if you're releasing like a sequel or like a trilogy or something like that, give us enough time to play through it all again. And then by the time that we're done, we have a little bit of hype time left, and then your game releases, and we can play it fresh. I completely agree. 100%. Every word you just said, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Finally! Oh, my goodness, what a news week. Number 11, and I've saved the best news for last. (laughs) Could a new Crash Bandicoot game be on the horizon? According to an article by Push Square's Liam Croft, speculation has exploded this week after seven big Crash influencers have received a large Crash product with Santa hats on them. Uh, seemingly out of the blue. They did this last year right before Crash Team Racing was announced. A Crash reboot would not be surprising given the massive success of both Crash Bandicoot the Insane Trilogy and Crash Team Racing, Racing Nitro Fueled Remastered. The question would really be, where is this game revealed, if it is indeed to be revealed this week? The Insane Trilogy was announced during a Sony E3 conference a couple years back, so one could foresee an announcement during the State of Play this week, but Nitro Fuel, the Crash Team Racing remake, was announced during last year's Game Awards, so it could also appear during this year's show on December 12th. I will be eagerly awaiting the possible announcement and will let you know one way or another as soon as I know. You think they're going to nuts and bolts it, or you think they're good with this stuff? Um, they actually, uh, not Toys for Bob, who did this one? My gosh, I'm a terrible person. The, devel- the, the Activision group that did this one actually made a brand new level for Crash 3. And while it wasn't like the tightest level in the world, like it definitely, I, I trust them. They got to see what made the first three games work. So as long as it's made in the spirit of the first three games, I'll be happy with it, I feel. Um, sure enough. I just I don't want something like like Crash got Crash got to like open world at one point and like that's gross. I don't want that. <laughs> like I just want levels. Yeah, I just platforming want to go levels. and and uh, and like open world doesn't it has it's a strange mixture. I think only Zelda really capitalizes pretty well on it most of the time. And I hope I kind of hope they rain. I kind of hope they use Crash Two as like a rain in because. Like I was saying earlier, I feel like Crash 2 is probably the best Crash Bandicoot game. And 3 is very good, but 3 started getting cute with like vehicle levels and all that. Like 2 is like a pure platformer. I think I... And there are there's like a jetpack, but there's only like two yeah. levels at the very end. So it's not super vehicle-y. There's the polar bear and stuff. But I mean, you're going to have your vehicle stuff. But like there were airplanes in 3. There was like dinosaurs you were riding around. Like it just got a little... Out of hand, a little yeah. weird. Yeah, um, that just reminded me that there there needs to be. I think there's a huge difference between having an, a good overworld and being open world. Do you agree with that? Like, yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, and it, again, it depends on the game. Like, Crash is a good overworld game. Like going exactly, into levels. Exactly. Yes. Of thing. So something like Ocarina of Time, for example, Legend of Zelda, um, it Hyrule Field connected all the places together most for the most part 
Uh, and then you had these like in-between areas before you got to the next area. Um, technically an overworld, not an open world. I think that, yes, you're right, that would be too big for Crash. Yes. I wouldn't want something that it, big It'd definitely Crash. be too big. That's that's more like Jack and Dexter. Uh, Even that's like borderline and a little bit on too big, I feel, for Crash. But well, I think that's just like, it's too... It's needless. I guess. I, I, I guess again, like two and three have the good setup. I liked where like you could choose between like five levels at a time, like in a room, like a warp room, where you could select between five levels and then you would move up to the next one, or you know. Well, that's the two. Um, that's the two differences, isn't it? Like, uh, you either have the warp rooms where because with platformers you want to introduce variety in your levels. And you want to introduce, like, different ecosystems. You want to have, like, an ice level, like, a, a volcano level, whatever like that. And putting those into, a like, an open world wouldn't make any sense. Because oh, yeah, you would have sure. to be traveling huge distances to get to that difference in climate and ecosystems and stuff like that. It wouldn't sit well with players. But when you introduce, like, portals and stuff like that, then you start getting to, like, oh, hey, now we have the desert level. Now right. we have the ocean level. I guess when I think of it, like, I wouldn't want anything too big. Like, a Spyro one. Spy, like yes. spiral would work like the spiral like setup where you're going like you said you're going around to different portals and yeah there's a little bit to do but it's not the main part of the game like being outside usually. yeah it's just it's a little fun it's it's a good place to put like secrets and stuff like that in between areas and uh it gives a better sense of uh achievement and uh progression because like oh hey uh in legend of zelda you couldn't get into the lake area until you got bombs and because there was two huge rocks blocking the way. And then you go complete this other area, you come back with bombs, you blow it up, that's a good overworld. It uh, Without the need of like portals and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. there's physical blockades preventing you going to other parts of the world. But with like platformers, you kind of have to have an overworld, not an open world. Right. Because you want to introduce that variety without having to become kind of weird with it. Like... Yeah, I can understand why I can understand why you wouldn't like open world with with something platformy like Crash Bandicoot. Right. And again, especially the way it was done originally. Like yes. that, that's my big thing. Like and I feel like coming off the success of remaking the first three games, you we're, we're probably in store for something more traditional which excites me. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, I will definitely let you know. Who knows? I might throw, like, especially if it gets announced tomorrow during the state of play, I'll probably throw up a little mini podcast, like, <laughs> celebrating. Uh, all right, moving on to email and giveaway. Um, nobody will email me, Jordan. I want to hear. I'll tell my friends. I want the email Because now they're starting to, they're like, you have a podcast? And I'm like. No, no. I want it, I want it to be, like. Um, I want it to be organic, so like, yeah. If you, if you don't have something to email, well, they probably about, have questions. Like but, you know, I just heard now because I was I've been sharing the podcast, and they're like, "Wait, you're in that podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's why I'm sharing it." And they're <laughs> that's like, "Why I'm tagged in it?" They're like, "I thought saying. you were just supporting a friend." I'm like, "I'm supporting me and a friend. Please watch the podcast. Send us emails. Dude. Well, cool. Yeah, um, Jordan." If you wanted to email us, where yes. could you do that? You can do so at brotakumoc at gmail.com. That is B-R-O-T-A-K-U-M-O-C at gmail.com. The winner of the U.S. Steam Code for Evergarden is my grandma, Judy Lamping, again. <laughs> Congratulations and thank you for your support of Brotaku Men of Culture. Jordan, it has come to my attention 
that um, we are going to need to put giveaways on the shelf at least until next year because we need to restock our prize pool because interest has gone way down after we got past those first couple games. And I think uh, <laughs> I think your grandma has enough video games for a little bit. And my gra- <laughs> well, and she she doesn't take these like she's just being nice and supporting yeah every, what's going on. Exactly. So she doesn't actually take these. So I'm still sitting on Call of Duty. May- Maybe we'll pitch that back out there at some point when we have some more people. But um, we want to make sure what you're interested in what we are, have to offer, and that just isn't the case right now. So giveaways on break at least until next year. Hopefully there's a good Humble Bundle I can pick up because that worked really well for us last time. Maybe after the holidays we can pick up some like good like solid stuff merchandise too. I'm thinking about that. Maybe. I'm pitching in. Okay, yeah. If you want to pitch in, we'll, we'll give away whatever you want. Just Excellent. keep in mind with physical stuff that like we have to pay shipping and handling possibly. That Especially too. like if it's somebody a little further away. I mean, exactly. I know right now it's mostly our friends. Hello, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank but you very much. Never know. I'll hand deliver it myself <laughs> with a pizza. Alaska bound, Jordan Diaz. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> quote me on that. I'm being facetious, but about 90% so. Maybe one slice. All right, let's move on to topic of the week. Uh, this week's topic of the week, the Game Awards by Jeff Keighley are this Thursday, December 12th. And we are going to, uh, in addition to predict some things, because there are going to be 10 brand new game announcements, which as of, I believe, like last Thursday, nothing had leaked. So if Crash Bandicoot's coming to the Game Awards, suck on that, Jeff Keighley. It got leaked. But as of last Thursday, there are going to be 10 brand new announcements. Nothing had leaked up to that point. Uh, So we'll have three um, predictions for that. But first, I want to go through some of the categories uh, we have them pulled up on my computer here since there's so many and oh. so many games. We're not going to go through all of these. I was about to we're say, just going to We're just going to go through a couple of the, the major categories. We're going to look at what they have. And remember, with this, we're trying to predict what we think is going to win. Not necessarily what y- you would want to win, but what do you think is going to win. Okay. So we're going to start with the strategy game category. And in strategy games, the nominees are Age of Wonders, Planetfall, Never heard of that. Anno 1800. Never heard of that. Oh, this is. <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's going to win. That's going to win, That's probably. That's going to win, 100%. Uh, Total War Three Kingdoms. I've at least heard of that. And uh, Tropico Six have heard of that. And Wargroove have heard of that. That's supposed to be more like Advanced Wars, which was like yeah. old, what Fire Emblem was inspired These by. These poor, poor lads. Yeah, I, I don't foresee fire emblem not winning this is to give an example this is like a high school basketball team and then there's shack (laughs) and i would love to see something (laughs) like that just shack coming in like what's up kid wait this is that sketch of like uh peyton manny with all those little kids oh god that was so good and you just see him just chuck it at the back of their heads this is sitting there calling all his audibles Okay, so Fire Emblem is probably the only thing keeping this genre alive, okay? And the rest of them is just like, it's we needed more games for this genre. Fire Emblem's Three Houses, hands down, no contest. All right, I agree. Uh, let's look at the sports and racing game. Why are those two things put together? <laughs> I don't understand that. There wasn't enough, man. Okay, so we've got Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled. Dirt Rally 2.0, eFootball Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, Never heard of that. F1 2019, and FIFA 20. 
So I think FIFA 20 will probably win yeah. this. Uh, my vote would be for Crash. I though. was about to say, it's probably going to be FIFA, but shout out to Crash for making us, like, think about it. Like, Yeah, and especially because Nitro Field, like, it is a remake of Crash Team Racing, but it is, like, kind of evolved into its own thing. Like, this is definitely the green vote, is Crash Racing. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, if we ever get like, like if we ever set up like Brotaku as a business and stuff, maybe I, I, we'll, we'll petition Jeff Keeley to let us actually vote. <laughs> All right. So so far, we've agreed on the two categories we looked at. Let's pop into role playing game. Ooh. That seems like something we'll be interested in. All right. We've got Disco Elysium. I've heard very good things about this game. I've never played it though. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Yeah, fourteen. Uh, yeah, that's... Kingdom Hearts 3, get out of here. Get out of here with this. That was a garbage game, and they should know it. They <laughs> announced the DLC and what, and that's coming out. I don't even care enough to put it in news. Oh Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Okay. And Outer Worlds. So, Jordan, what do you think is going to win here? And remember, this is what you what you think is going to win, not necessarily what you want to win. They There's align almost, in this course. You um, think Monster Hunter gets it? I think it's got the best reception... It, it already had a fan base building up to it. And I know Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy are behind that, too. Uh, shout out to Final Fantasy, though. I heard that I, expansion. I just don't see an MMO winning this category. Yeah, that Shadowbringers, I believe it's called. And I heard yes. that was, like, as far as MMO Tom expansions. Tom Holland was always lifting the couch yeah. on the commercials for <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Dude, it, very good. Kingdom Hearts 3, I think it's got too much bad reception behind it. It was definitely the one with the best pedigree, though. Bad game is bad. Bad game is bad. I do believe Iceborne, since it's they're still coming up with it. Outer Worlds, like, kudos for you to even getting on this. I was about to say, honestly, and I don't know if it's even nominated for Game of the Year, but I think Outer Worlds wins this one, personally, because I feel like they're just going to give it a nod. I do feel like you my, think I, they're going to give this one away? I, I, well, I just feel like... I feel, and I don't know if this is the way it is, but a lot of time with these like game awards, like you feel like sometimes they give awards to things that don't necessarily deserve it just to give it an award. I see so what you mean. So it gets one somewhere. Yeah. And again, uh, we're not looking at all the categories, so we don't have a complete picture. But I just I feel like they could give Outer Worlds here and then just say like, oh, Monster Hunter, like while Iceborne is new this year and a big deal, like we we celebrated Monster Hunter last year. So. And to think about it as well, Outer Worlds. With Game Pass, totally free, right? Well, I mean, you're paying for Game Pass, but yeah. Well, yes. Iceborne, you had to pay the 60 for the game, and then I think an additional 40 for the expansion. <coughs> Not as many people playing uh, Iceborne as maybe Outer World, where they could just literally pick it up and play it right then and there. But I still think it's going to be Iceborne. Okay, well, we'll sh we're shaking it up a little bit for the points hey. next, next week, because we're going to go through this and do points like we did for yes. um, BlizzCon. Uh, let's see here. What do we want to look at? Multiplayer game looks good. Let's take a look in here. So our nominees for multiplayer game are Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99, and Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Uh, my goodness. I would... Oh, man. This one's hard. This one's going to surprise you, but I think it's going to be Tetris 99. <laughs> you think it's going to be Tetris 99? Yeah. I guess going by the logic of let's let something yeah. win, yes. I, I feel like Apex Legends is going to get this one. That's what I want. And I, I just, I'm kind of, I could see Borderlands 3 winning it. 
But I could also just as easily see Apex winning it, so I think they're going to give a nod because, I mean, people forget since it has cooled down a lot, Apex Legends was a big deal yeah. when it came out. Like, that overtook Fortnite for a couple weeks. Uh, my... I can go through all these games right now and just say my opinion on it. Apex Legends, I believe they had the Golden Goose and they dropped the ball for a little bit. They, yeah, they, they fumbled they couldn't a bit. Put, they couldn't put content out fast enough, which, to their credit, they didn't want crunching going on at True their enough. studio but like unfortunately when you've got the Crunchmeister like juggernaut with fortnite, fortnite yeah. that's gonna pump out a new patch every week whether you want it to or not yes it's hard to keep up borderlands 3 i'm i'm more sure that borderlands 3 isn't gonna win than i'm sure that any of these other games are going to win if that makes sense i think it's not gonna win and i know that for sure more than anything else because it had a huge backlash it came out the same time that Gearbox uh, was getting some some heat back for it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I own Borderlands 3. Haven't finished it. Not even close, actually. And I, I get that think vibe with a lot of people. Like, I yeah. feel like they started playing it, and it was, it was just more Borderlands. Me back. It was pretty, pretty bland, honestly. Um, and it had all my favorite characters in it, too. Modern Warfare, I don't give enough credit. <coughs> I heard just... I could foresee this game winning, but I think... As a Call of Duty game, it was pretty solid. Like... I mean, it's more the same old, same old, which is why right. I didn't vote for it. But I think it's going to be Tetris 99. I mean, that, and that's that's good. I'm, I'm just going off Apex Legends based off what it was for a little bit. Because yeah. it was gigantic. And I feel like people voting for this are probably going to think about that and be like, oh yeah, I did enjoy my couple weeks with that game. Touche. Got one win in that game. That was about it. But man, <laughs> it was good. Um, I kind of want to look at independent games that I feel like we're not going to know anything in yeah, that category. Exactly. Uh, I uh, could probably know a few. I want to look at... Okay, you want to look at independent games? Let's okay, look at independent let me just, games. Let me just view it to see... Uh, so the I nominees for independent okay, games are Baba, we can... <laughs> Baba is You, Disco Elysium, Katina Zero, Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds. Katana Zero. And Ultimate Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game. I feel like that one's going to win just off... Have you heard about this game? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's, you're basically... It's a meme. Yeah, you're, you're, a, you're an whole goose. I also heard of um, Baba is You. It's pre- that was a pretty fun game. Yeah, uh, so Baba's You, like I said, um, I heard about it too. It's like a puzzle game where like you're constantly like you're changing what your character is to do something based off. Yes, like, it's it's more like blank kind of thing. It's macro and logic. It's like a logic puzzle game, and it's it's pretty cool. I've heard good thing about Outer Wilds. Apparently, it, that's a game like you could beat it right away. It's one of those games that like it's kind of like a Groundhog's Day where like you live out a day and then it resets oh, you live okay. out a day but you keep the knowledge of what you learned with you so like you're constantly That's progressing cool. through it yeah um, and like I said again uh, Disco Elysium I've heard good things about it but I've never played it or really know what it's about so we'll move on I like that fresh indie game is presented by Subway <laughs> um, but let's take a look at fighting games Ooh, shall we I know what's in here Okay, so yeah. the nominees for Best Fighting Game are Dead or Alive 6, Jump Force. I feel like that's weird. I don't feel like that was received well. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Samurai Showdown, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, I would want to give it to Ultimate, but that's that's me personally feeling. I feel like Mortal Kombat 11 wins this. I, I agree with you. I'm, uh, I feel like more, more people are going to vote for Mortal Kombat 11 because just as a Mortal Kombat game, it's pretty solid. It's a right. solid game, and it, I feel like overall, and we've talked about this before, where like Smash gets this bad rap in the like hardcore fighting game community, where I feel like the hardcore fighting game community is going to rise. I don't even think it's a fighting game, honestly. Like it's more party than party. And, and well, and I guess that's their point. Like yeah, like it, 
this is this is a different category altogether. I I love Smash, as you know, like I love it to death. Don't think that it it doesn't fit in a lot of categories. It's all on its own. All right, let's go and look at Family Game of the Year, and the nominees for Family Game of the Year are Luigi's Mansion Three, Ring Fit Adventure. These all gonna be Nintendo games. Super Mario Maker Two, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> Yeah, and no. Yoshi's Crafted World, so literally all Nintendo games. Um, no one does, no one does it. So, I think it's Smash. I don't think Ring Fit Adventure definitely like. I don't think families are playing this. Uh, Mario Maker Two maybe. Uh, Smash is a good choice. I think again. I think Smash is going to pick something up somewhere, and I don't know where this could be. It. I think this is the category. I feel like they give it to Yoshi. Huh? I'm feeling Yoshi on this one, but who knows? We'll find out. Probably both be wrong. Okay, so that was Family Game. Let's look at Esports Game of the Year. And our nominees for Esports Game of the Year are Counter-Strike Global Offensive. That is still going. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dota 2, Fortnite, League of Legends, and Overwatch. Oh. Uh, are we talking Are we talking like who's got the biggest esports presence or which one of these games is what, better? Whatever one's the best one of the year. I because feel it's like, League of Legends. I feel like it's going to go to League, yeah. Uh, unless all the 10-year-olds get on to vote for their Fortnite. No, I, 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 I think League of Legends wins. I wouldn't... We're I talking could, about esports see, games of the year, though. I could see Counter-Strike sneaking in there, but I think, I, I think we're in agreement, League. Like, League of Legends sold more tickets during their their world stage than the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Well, I mean, they probably opened it up more, but still, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, let's look at... Why are these two different categories? We're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to look at the... There, it's different. The action-slash-adventure game category. And the nominees... Are Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Oh, boy. Um, I think this is where they give Sekiro its award. I would love that, but I feel like we're going to get Golden Globed here. Golden, golden Globed here, and it's going to go to Death Stranding just on principle. Just on principle. Just and it, principle. Would, it would make sense, like... You do feel like Jeff Keighley, who's very close with Kojima, might just change a card somewhere just to make sure his brother wins, right? And I did not hear the best stuff about Death Stranding. I heard it was just, oh, it's kind of bland. I heard it's very mixed. I heard people who really, people who like it really like it's very it, artistic. and people who don't, don't. It is. It, it's more like a work of art than anything. Uh, I would even, th my vote is Death Stranding, then Resident Evil, and then Sekiro. Yeah, I, I, and to your point, Resident Evil need, probably will win something somewhere, so yeah. it'll be interesting to Definitely see. Definitely the horror genre, if there is one in there, I think it'll win that hands down. Uh, I don't think I saw anything like that. And that's a shame. A -G, yeah, no H, no horror genre. Alright, um, so that was the action-adventure game category. Let's look at the action game category. And the nominees are Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty Modern Warfare... Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. Um, Apex should not be on this list. Yeah, that's, that's really strange That's for me. not cool. Um, <laughs> I'm torn. I feel like this is where they give Devil May Cry 5 some love. I agree with you. There was a lot of... It kind of snuck under everything, like in its release and stuff and like I've that. And I've never but... been a big Devil May Cry guy. Like, I don't... I've never actually played... I don't think I've ever played one. Like, it's just not the kind of game I'm typically interested in, but... 
people who like Devil May Cry really liked this one. So, but like you said, for a game that was praised as much as it was, it did kind of slide under the radar. I feel. Yeah, I just it just popped up on my like recommendeds list on YouTube, like a playthrough of it. I'm like, when when did they announce this game was coming <laughs> out? Like, what the heck? And it's out. And then Gears Five. I don't think. I think there was too many people that liked the older Gears. Yeah. To win this one. Uh, yeah. I, I installed it and I started playing it, but never. It's not. Gears has never been my thing. Like, I, I appreciate it. I enjoy it for what it is, what but it it's is, never yeah. been my thing. And then, finally, here, before we go into our, what we think the announcement will be, the Game of the Year category. And the nominees, according to Mr. Keeley, are Control. Sorry, that's not winning this. Uh, Death Stranding. Resident Evil 2. Sekiro. Shadows Die Twice. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm actually surprised about that. And The Outer Worlds. Seems like a really, and it is worth mentioning, there is a cutoff. I don't know what the cutoff date is, but that's probably why games like Star Wars aren't on here at all. And why games like Smash Brothers that actually came out, like, right on, like, I think the day after last year's Game yeah. Awards are here now. Um, I think The Outer Worlds is, is a bone toss. I really do. That's because there's a theme here with all the other games, and then there's Outer Worlds. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm saying Juggernauts, new game. Very good game from what I hear, but like it doesn't fit in here <laughs> at all. It's, I haven't even heard of Control. What the heck? That's a Remedy game. Um, it was one of those kind of radar. Like it was a game. It it reviewed well. It just didn't critically do well, or I guess it critically did well. Commercially didn't do well. Like the game was on sale like a week after it came out. Ooh, that's not a good sign. Um, this is hard. Like honestly, like I didn't think about this being a week year for games but based off this list it was kind of a light year for games and i guess maybe that's because the games i was really interested in i guess really thinking about it right like my big games this year were remakes yeah world of warcraft classic crash nitro even Fuel. resident evil 2 is a remake so yeah so well, that re- rematch honestly i could see resident evil 2 winning this i think they're gonna golden globe this one too they always do this. Always. <laughs> they never give the right one out in, in Game of the Year. I think it's going to be Death Stranding because people want to feel smart. Um, Metallica lost a Grammy to Jeff Roll Toll, <laughs> a, a hippie playing flute player, in the rock genre when they had one that year. Like, one. The song, one. Yeah. Lost to Jeff Roll Toll. See? This is... People want to tell others what they voted for. I was about to say, like, and I know... I know these, like, nominees are based off what, like, publication websites put in and stuff, but, like, this is what you came up with? Like, this, this is, is all you can take out of the of the box? Like, I, like, like you said, like, I almost feel like Death Stranding is being set up to try to win this. <laughs> it just came out, like, a little bit ago. Yeah, it's really You not. haven't even given people time to like it. Like, honestly, <laughs> honestly, of games on here, like... I like Smash Brothers. I like Outer Worlds. Wait, like, wait, when did Red Dead Redemption Two come out? Last last, last year. That's yeah, what it, I thought. it cleaned up. It, it cleaned up shop last year. At the, this yeah, these two these two years just kind of blend together. Um, honestly, my goodness, like I would like personally, I would vote for Pokemon over any game on here, and I'm not like huge on Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't see Fallout seventy six up here. Uh, Outer Worlds took its slot in what it would have been a good game. I was about to say, and that's, that's a weird part. Like, Smash would be my game, but, like, I don't think of Smash as a this-year game because I played it last year. Like, yeah, exactly. I guess of game of games on here itself, it would be Outer Worlds for me. But. I would even, I would put 
I would have put Iceborne on here. That's not biased. I, a lot of people enjoy that game, like, overall. But just so I know when I listen back to this and make the records, you're Death Stranding, you said? Death Stranding, okay, yes. Okay, and I'm it, Resident Evil 2. I think they're going to Golden Globe it. I really do. So we'll have to wait and see. Jordan, there are ten announcements coming to the Game Awards. Uh, Jeff Keighley does a very good job of mixing in awards and announcements to keep things interesting. Uh... I want to bring three to the table, and we'll add it to the total score at the end of the day for our oh, Game Award predictions here. I don't even here. know if I'm prepared for um, this. Well, then I'll just do all three of mine yes. first to give you a little <laughs> bit more time to think. Um, I have for my first one, Crash is Real. It will be coming out next September, and we'll move over to the next generation when those games when those come out. So there will be like a PS5, Xbox Scarlet version when those come out. Uh, I also have Dragon Age 4 receives a proper trailer to expand on its tease from last year's Game Award. I feel like that's kind of cheating a little bit. They've kind of been teasing that there's going to be a new announcement on the Dragon oh, yeah, Age 4 about front. That. Yeah, from before. So, and then my final one is Nintendo shows off Metroid Prime 4. It is still a few years away since they had to reboot it completely. Uh, so to tie us over, and I'm just going to keep throwing this out here for every time I have to do a Nintendo prediction to like try to will it into existence. To tie us over, Metroid Prime Trilogy HD for Switch is announced for next year. I agree with that last one. And like you said, the Dragon Age 4 one's kind of a gimme. And Nintendo usually does make an announcement at the Game Awards. Uh, famously, I think, I forgot what they announced last year, but the year before they announced Bay Bayonetta 3, which we're still waiting for. Like, they haven't talked about it since, really. So we're still waiting for news on that, so I could see news on that. Didn't they also announce Joker was coming to Smash? <laughs> Wait. I think, yeah, yeah they the did last Game Awards, yeah. yeah. I think that was last year's big announcement, so. I think they're finally going to do it, what we just talked about earlier today. At least my one prediction, Persona 5 for the Switch. Oh, man. I would, I would be very happy. With I think that. they've worked. They've been working on Royal, and that's why it's not on the Switch right now. But I I think they're going to release it for the Switch eventually. Okay. That would be interesting. Like clear. I mean, Sony has clearly made that their game lately, like the mainline Persona game. So it would yeah. be interesting to see if that partnership has ended in some way. Like clearly, it wouldn't be bad. Like it's still it's yeah. a great partnership for them. But here's here's there's this is going to be a, a hail mary, new Donkey Kong game. New Donkey Kong game. Now, do you it's think it's going to be... Is it going to be 3D, or is it going to be like a, a 2D side-scroller? It's going to be a 2D side-scroller. Okay. Because that's what they've had the most um, luck with. They're not going to make another 64. Like, it's, it's too good. And I know it's bad, and it's too good. <laughs> I love that game. It's... <laughs> for the sound design and everything, uh, they would have to have the backing of Rare to make another good 64 game. Um, that's That's my outreach. Okay, and then, so you got one more. What, what My you got one, uh, Konami announces something and it, and it probably gets booed. Do you think, Do you think again, Jeff Keighley and Kojima are very close. You think You think Jeff Keighley lets Konami use his stage to announce a new game? I think so, because they know it's going to get booed. Because he, like, he wants yes. it to get booed? It's going to get booed. I, I believe Konami hasn't really had something strong for a while. So I think because, because they've, they've been kind of lying low. Away. Yeah, they're lying low after the Kojima thing. They chased thing. Inofune away. They chased. But they chased everybody away. I think this is this is the year. That would be crazy, because clearly, I mean, they're probably working on a Metal Gear Solid Six. Yes. Do you remember that game awards where Metal Gear oh, Solid Five yes. was the award, and it they was... they were all, like Jeff Keighley got up there and was like, "They won't let Kojima come accept this award." 
Fuck you, Konami. Yeah. <laughs> 137. Worthy of a beep, yes. Worthy of I a beep. I agree. It was... It's very awful. But I think they're going to do it. And... it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to do it. That would be crazy. It might not even be Metal Gear Solid, honestly. I think it might be something else and it still gets You know what? If, if Konami announces anything at the Game Awards... I'll just let you win. Like you, you win the prediction <laughs> section. That, that I don't, I don't see that happening. But I, I like that one. That's, that's an onion hanger right there, my friend. Okay, that was topic of the week. Again, the game awards are this Thursday night. I don't have the exact time on me, but I assume you can just type it into your Twitch or whatever and probably find it. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> somebody has a watch along stream on everything, so you could probably find it. Anyway. You could find it on YouTube probably like an hour afterwards too of everything. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and then we'll have a wrap up next week. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a bigger. I, I, next week's probably going to be a big show too, with all the, with all the like shows, like the Nindies event, the, the yeah. State of Play, Game Awards. It's going to be a big show going next for week a little too. bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next week for topic of the show, we are looking at games we are looking forward to next year. So maybe come with five or six i mean if you're excited about 10 go the whole thing but at least come with five let's say five probably four because one of them's royal so <laughs> i'm just telling you guys okay right now. well you're gonna have Persona. five but nonetheless all right so until then i'm aaron i'm jordan we'll see you guys next time